Hey everybody, this is Cody B. Welcome to our relationship marketing with Cody B podcast. Cody B would be me, I guess. It's kind of weird talking in third person. I always kind of joke around with people that talk about themselves in third person, but it is the name of the show. <laughs> it is uh, Relationship Marketing with Cody B. And I'll tell you, I'm really excited to be doing these podcasts. This is a brand new format for us, and we're real excited about it. We have an incredible lineup of guests that will be joining us on our show. <clears throat> and the purpose of of having this show and the purpose of having our guests on the show is to give back to our business community in an educational format to talk about important things to help people build their business. Obviously, we have a key focus on relationships and particularly relationship marketing. And we talk a lot about what relationship marketing is, what it does for you and how we can change the world by creating strong, positive relationships in our lives. The goal of this show is to have numerous uh, business guests on, uh, thought, real thought uh, uh, leaders, people that have been there and done that and done some incredible things. And so our debut show, I'm really excited about. I could not think of a better way to start these podcast shows than to have the guests that I have today uh, the gentleman that's going to be joining us today, his name is Norm Dominguez. Now, many of you know who he is. Those of you who don't, I'm going to kind of share with you a little bit about Norm's background. Norm has been involved with uh, uh, an organization that's become the largest networking organization in the world. It's called BNI, Business Network International. It was founded in 1985 by Dr. My uh, Ivan Meisner. And Norm has been with Ivan pretty much from the beginning and uh, served in many capacities, uh, building and maintaining this large global network known as BNI. By the way, BNI now has over 8,200 chapters worldwide in over 70 countries. Last year alone, they uh, helped generate over 9.5 million referrals for its uh, customers, for its people that are part of their chapters. Uh, this is not just uh, an organization that talks about stuff. They generate results, uh, billions, billions of dollars in business generated from those referrals just in uh, just last year alone. So uh, welcome to the show, Norm Dominguez. Thanks for being with us today. Cody, great to be with you. Great to be with you. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things we, we just, uh, you and I just attended the international BNI convention in Bangkok, Thailand, and I was honored to uh, have you be my host. I mean, I showed up and you were a generous host and you kind of walked me around and showed me the ropes and introduced me to numerous, numerous people from all over the world. What a great host you were, brother. I really appreciate your kindness uh, in Bangkok and I learned a lot from you there. And I'm hoping to kind of take some of that messaging that we talked about over the course of three days there and, and bring it on to this podcast today. So before I do that, again, I, I, I need to kind of talk a little bit uh, about what you're doing today. So Norm Dominguez, you know, three decades building BNI, he served as a, as a national director there. You, you're a franchise owner. So you've been on all sides of this business. You served as their COO for a period of time, also as the CEO for a period of time, so great accomplishments there. Uh, currently, you are the Vice Chairman Emeritus at BNI. You're involved with the BNI Foundation, which you're doing a lot of incredible work there. And uh, we're gonna talk a lot about this today. You are also the co-founder of Posi Global, which is a global movement on positivity, and I'm really excited about this work that you're doing. Wanna share that in fact. Uh, those of you who don't know, he's got this book titled The Magic of Positivity. And this tells the story of the Posi, uh, Posi Global and some of the things that you're doing. And, and we want to share some of that on the show today. So, Norm, um, that was a big, long introduction there. <laughs> it was. My goodness <laughs> but, gracious. Thank uh, you. Well deserved. We couldn't say enough nice things about you. One of the things I really like about you, Norm, is that you're you're one of the true gentlemen in the in the business world today. I, that, that to me, that's the best description of you. You're a true gentleman. Uh, you come from a place of of humbleness, and I love that in leaders. I love to see humble leaders. You're certainly one of them, 
and uh, you made a huge impact in the world today. Let's start right in with Posi Global. I want to I, I want to help uh, our listeners to understand this vision that you have of, of, of helping positivity to grow around the world. Certainly we live in a world today that positivity is needed more than ever before. It's needed now. So tell us a little bit about how this all started for you. Well, well it's pretty simple, Cody. It started in a couple of ways. <clears throat> Within the BNI organization, one of our code of ethics is uh, I will establish a positive and supportive attitude. And that goes back 35 years ago with BNI. And I always thought to myself, well, you know what? We can't just look at a positive attitude within our organization. Positive attitude should be a forerunner in everything that we do, whether it's professional, whether it's personal, whether it's social, attitude drives us. So if I take you fast forward in, in that light, uh, it was only five years ago in 2000 six years ago now, in 2012, I was in South Africa. And I met a gentleman by the name of Keith Dyer. And, and Keith and I hit it off real well. He was one of our executive directors in BNI. And, and we started having Skype calls. And those Skype calls really focused on the importance of attitude. Fast forward a couple of years and, and, and it turned into discussions of positive attitude and how maybe we could impact not just the environment we professionally engage in, but the greater environment around the world. And, and, and a lot of hard facts have come out in recent years of how much we are influenced, and you even shared that in your, in your book, Cody, um, of human connection, that 87% of the impressions made upon us every day are not positive, they're negative. Well, that's overwhelming. And when you turn around, it, it hit us that maybe, maybe posi or positivity could do something about it. Well, and I'll tell you, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting because you, you have a way of taking a simple concept to a much deeper level. In fact, and I want to ask you this question. You know, when, when people hear, hey, we're, we're starting a, mo a movement of having a positive attitude. And when you hear the, when you hear the phrase, positive attitude, it, it, it almost sounds like a cliche, if you will. I mean, it's, it's used a lot and people talk about it on the surface all the time. Hey, you got to have a, a positive mental attitude. You need to have a positive attitude and people really surface talk that, but you're not a surface guy. I mean, you really go into depth, you and Keith and others involved with the Posi Global, you really go into depth on what a positive attitude is, what it does, how to, how to, how to, how to get one, how to keep one, how to nourish one. So talk to us a little bit about how, how, do, how do we keep it from just being on the surface in our lives? We got to go into depth of what. Yeah. Of it. You know what, as, I, as I've become more seasoned in life, and, and I, I got to take and say, you got to make it simple. And some of the simple things we do, for example, every day when we get up, we have a routine we go through. And that routine can be habits that we form. And hopefully those habits are, are good habits, whether it's brushing your teeth or washing your face or doing whatever you're doing to get prepared for the day. Well, in my mind, what we have to do is attitude has to be a habit. Positive attitude has to be a habit, which means you have to surround yourself with mechanisms in order to do that. We've heard a lot about those mechanisms over the years whether it's post-it notes on the mirror, whether if I showed you the other part of my office, I'm surrounded by moments and memorabilia that instill positivity. So it's, it's pretty not tough to knock me off that positivity route. Well, how do you do that quickly when people don't even have exposure to it? And to me, the only way you can do that is to form that habit and remind yourself of what that habit can do to help you and those that surround you. You're okay. always going to get hit. So we, we talk a lot about creating habits in the workshops and seminars that I do around the world. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that there's four levels to creating a habit, good or bad, in your life. 
And I always joke around saying smart people did the studies and, you know, they have these fancy words for the levels. So the first level is unconscious incompetence, which means you don't think about it. You don't do it. You know, there's nothing happening at level one. Level two is, uh, is conscious incompetence. So you think about it, but you don't do it. So still nothing going on. You're thinking about, but not doing it. And then the third level is called conscious competence where you think about the activity and then you do it. And then the fourth one is when it becomes a habit. When it becomes a habit, it's called unconscious competence. And that's where you no longer think about it. You just do it. That's when anything you do in life becomes a habit. Now, let's go to the positive attitude. So you're saying a positive attitude uh, you need to create as a habit. So how, how does somebody make it to where you're not, you're, you no longer even think about positive attitude at all. You just have it. How, how do you get there? Well, you know, that, that filters over to what we call the pillars of strength. And those pillars of strength can truly become very automatic in your nature. An example of it, one of the pillars of strength is keep your word. Now, you know what? You can turn around and be in a conversation. You and I had some great conversations in Bangkok. And in those conversations we had, you know, how can I help you? How can you help me? Well, and we get really excited about what we're doing. And, we, we, and, and I'm explaining something to you and you say, count me in, or you're explaining something to me and I say, count me in. And then all of a sudden you go, you walk away and you go, what did I just commit myself to? <laughs> right. And so now what this has taken me years to establish, if I'm going to say something, I'll probably say, Cody, let me think about this overnight. Let me absorb what you've just shared with me and I'll get back to you tomorrow. And I may come back to you tomorrow saying, I'm, I'm committed to so many things that I can help you with this slice. And that becomes automatic. That becomes a habit. And, and the many things that we may do to help entities in the non-professional world, in the non-social world, but little things like various foundations, be it BNI or your foundation, or you witnessed uh, uh, an organization called Friends of Thai Daughters in, in Bangkok. Well, I was introduced to that organization probably six or seven years ago, but it just so happened a year ago when it was going to be announced that we were going to have our international convention in Bangkok, I said to somebody that introduced me to it, hey, what if we could visit the home where these girls who were subject to human trafficking trafficking, are living to get away from that? Little did I know within just a couple of months, and now that goes back almost a year, the arrangements were being put in motion for us to do that. That was keeping your word and it became automatic. I don't even have to think about it now. And it's just going to further my engagement with that organization. Okay. So you kind of jumped forward on a subject I wanted to bring up, which is the foundation work. But while we're on that subject, then I'm going to bring it back to these, because I really do want to spend some time on these uh, pillars of strength, these pillars of strength that you're talking about. But while you brought it up, the, uh, the, the, the Thai friends of Thai daughters. I was at this uh, conference and they, they put up on the screen, the friends of Thai daughters, what it is. It's a, it's, it's an organization where they bring girls into this organization, provide a place for them to stay, provide them with educational opportunities. And a lot of funding goes in place to help these young girls, get them off of the streets and away from, from bad situations, away yes. from, Yes. Uh, human trafficking is a big, big problem in Thailand. And well, it's a big problem everywhere, but it's certainly a big problem there. And, mm-hmm. and so we were able to see firsthand the effects of this incredible organization. I got to tell you, Norm, very emotional for me to sit there and you, the, the, uh, your organization brought up three girls from, mm-hmm. from this organization that were, that were part of it. I think there was this, uh eight-year-old girl, Eight and two high school girls. So there were two high school girls and then a young girl that was like eight or nine years old. And each of them in broken English shared their appreciation to the audience for, for helping them, for 
for yes. helping them. They wouldn't have the life they have without this foundation. I got to tell you, I, I got very, very emotional when I saw this. And you, you see things like that and you realize, you know, that's what life's about. You know, we talk all day long about business and generating referrals and more, you know, making more money and being successful. None of that means anything unless you can give back to your communities and back to the world like you're doing with, with the BNI Foundation who fronts right. this. Um, and it's incredible. So when you talk about having a positive attitude, mm -hmm. being involved with something like that, like I, like I envision, and I'm involved with a lot of charitable organizations, but I just imagine myself being involved with the, with the Thai daughter's house, mm -hmm. uh, being involved with that whole thing. How could you not have that good feeling that nourishes a positive attitude? So so I think you really touched on one main thing is that you've always got to be thinking of other people. You know, uh, uh, the number one way to, the, the, the number one fight against positive attitude is when you become self-absorbed. As soon as you're self-absorbed and make everything about yourself, that's when negativity kind of takes over because you're, you're always comparing yourself to something mm -hmm. else that's going on. The very simple shift is to take the focus off of yourself and onto other people. How can I truly, genuinely, not, not because I, I'm going to get the attention for it, but genuinely want to help another human soul? That's where positive attitude comes from, is when you just make it happens, to do that. Odie, it happens in so many ways. And it's not just like the Friends of Thai Daughters. I mean, uh, I think of when I read your book, Promptings, and you told us all how that came about. And I, I think about, uh, gosh, it was 11 years ago when uh, it was shared that uh, our daughter made some bad decisions and, and became an addict. And it was shared with us. And, and those are journeys that we go through in life. And we know we can't impact everything that needs help. So you've got to pick and choose. Yeah. And when you pick and choose, like I sit back and I go, well, I'm very much involved in a, in a local organization here in Phoenix, Arizona, where I live. I'm, I'm involved in a regional organization that's based out of Southern California. I'm involved uh, in a, national, a couple of organizations in India now. Uh, I want to do more with Thai Daughters. I want to do more with the BNI Foundation. But now I'm finally at a point in my career where I can do that. I don't have to worry about the day-to-day -day that you have to worry yeah. about in running a business. Which is a great place to be in. And I, I want to kind of take it back because that's a lot of stuff. You just mentioned a whole bunch of things that you're doing. I, I can imagine the listeners listening right now are like, wow, man, this guy's involved with a lot of stuff. I mean, how do you even get, how do you even get your mind around all of these incredible positive activities that you're involved with. And, and I'll tell you, I want to, I want to bring back to this discussion, which is in your book, okay. the magic of positivity. I think the foundation of the way you think comes from something in this book. You have a law to positivity and you have six positivity pillars of strength. So there's a law and there's six pillars of strength. Mm -hmm. I want to read, if you don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to read what the law is, if that's okay. Sure. So the, law, the law that you have stated in this book, it's part of the Posi uh, Global Organization. The law of positivity is nothing more than this. It's when you have and practice a positive attitude, you will become more excellent in whatever you do, be positive, and you will be happy. That's the law, right? Is that correct? Correct. So that's a statement. That is the law. Mm -hmm. And by the way, uh, where can, where can somebody, you if you're listening, you've got to get this book. It's a very quick read. Uh, it's something you can read very, very fast. And But man, it's so powerful. Uh, in fact, I've endorsed this book and I was honored to to be one of the ones that got to endorse your book. Thank you. But uh, where, where can somebody get this? Easiest way to get it is Amazon. Just go to Amazon, go to look Amazon. up Norm Dominguez, uh, The Magic of Positivity. Positivity. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, okay. So, so we, we talked about what the law is and then you have six pillars of strength. Yes. I want to I share with you, and you, you talked a lot about one, 
the first pillar of strength is show that you care. So if you want a positive attitude and you want it to be more than just on the surface level, you want to go in depth of a positive attitude in your life, uh, live by these six pillars of strength. The first one is show that you care. And you talked about that. You talked about having being involved with charitable organizations like um, the House of Thai Daughters and things like that. Right, right, right. So number one is show that you care. The second one is accept responsibility. My goodness, we could do a whole po- podcast just on that one. <laughs> you know, how often today do people not take responsibility for anything? But you say, number two, accept responsibility. The fir- third one is treat with respect. But again, you know, it's a lost art anymore is that we treat people with respect. The fourth one is keep your word. And you just mentioned a little bit about that. The fifth one, always think remarkable. And the final one, enjoy a little craziness, which is, is <laughs> kind of unique. Now, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about uh, each of those. I want to start, though. The one that that sticks out the most, I mean, a lot of these you would think, you know, show that you care, accept responsibility, treat with respect. These are all things you would normally, you know, it's it, those are common. Keep your word, which is real important. Always think remarkable. Enjoy a little craziness. Now, that's a little out there. So let's start with that one. What do you mean by enjoy a little craziness? Well, you know, when I began working on this project and and these pillars of strength were something I started working on way before the positivity project took over and and what happened is um five of the six are very serious and i go you know what we can't everything can't just be serious right so i needed a sixth one and i came up with the idea of enjoy a little craziness now in the book the illustration or the story told in 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 the book are by different individuals so there aren't just stories from me the only story from me in the book is always think remarkable but enjoy a little craziness as was put together by a, a gentleman that's become a good friend he's called a happiness coach he's based out of uh india and uh uh, uh Murali sundaram is his name but he walked me through a, a sequence of you know what, when you start your day, maybe you've got to do something a little unusual. Well, he has young daughters. And with his daughters, he started doing this at home. He'd walk down the hallway a different way, sideways, backways, and it, and it, would, it would just lighten things up a little bit. So I, when we look at enjoy a little quick, what, can you, what do you do to lighten things up a little bit? And, and you're, I'm a pretty serious person. I don't, I don't, that doesn't fit my demeanor the way I, if I get off on a tangent, it can, and mostly around sports and, or if I'm cheering for a team, that kind of stuff, but you've got to lighten things up occasionally. And if you don't, you're not bringing balance into your life. Boy, that's such great advice. In fact, it's kind of funny. It reminds me of a story. I like to, uh, to keep things light for myself. I like, I like good hip hop music. I like to dance. I like, uh, I like rap music. I like to come up with my own little raps and stuff like that. And a lot of people don't understand that about me. I mean, here I am, this middle-aged white guy that, uh, you know, is the business guy, you know, and I'm serious in a lot of situations, but I have that light side to me. A lot of people really don't understand. A funny story is I had an event recently and you're the the founder of BNI, your good friend, Ivan Meisner, Dr. Mm -hmm. Ivan Meisner. (laughs) He was he's a pretty serious guy too. I mean, he is very smart, you know, PhD, super smart. He's written like 25 books, you know, he's, he's just incredible, incredible human being and had him up on the stage and, uh, it, you know, and he had on his suit, his tie and all that kind of stuff and talking about all these serious things. And so I got some funky music going and I tried to get him to kind of dance a little bit with me. And he, he didn't quite know what to think of that. <laughs> But he played along. He played along. Yeah, he kind of, okay, well, I guess I yes. better do this. You know, <laughs> it was just kind of funny. But you do. You got to. You got to decide in your life that you're just going to have fun well, the way. Cody, and you can take it even. I mean, when you bring up Ivan, well, for the little craziness that was, it was crazy in the set. In the sense, it was relaxing. Ivan loves to play chess, and and he taught me about playing chess and. And since I lived here in Phoenix and I commuted to L.A., 
every Tuesday or Wednesday night, I can't remember, I'd have dinner with him and Beth, his wife, at their home. And part of dinner was him and I playing chess. And, and as serious as chess can be, I mean, he hates to lose. <laughs> hates to lose. With a passion, hates to lose. And I, could, I seldom won. But I could see we'd be playing, and all of a sudden it was like you, you put a, a um, transparent piece of glass on his forehead, and I could see the wheels start to turn. Because if I got ahead in a game, he goes, he's not going to beat me. And then, and then he would put into place what he calls the nibble effect. And he would start nibbling at me. And for me, it was to make sure he didn't turn it around. And eight out of 10 times, he'd turn it around and he'd beat me. <laughs> but but, but we, we never took that serious. We right. did in the heat of the battle. But we played chess every week for 15 years. Hundreds of games of chess. We'd do it at our lunch hour in the office because he'd have a chessboard there just to break up the, the day because it was fun. So well, you, you find little mechanisms that allow you to do that. Well, and during that, reading, well, I love to read. During that period of time that you're talking about where you'd go and meet with him weekly and play chess and spend time with he and his wife, Beth, who, by the way, uh, Beth's incredible. She started the BNI Foundation, doing some incredible work there. You know, during that period of time, I mean, you were building a serious business with Ivan. I mean, you, you, your franchisor, BNI is a, a franchise business model. You're a franchisor. You're setting up franchises all over the U.S. And then you started to expand into international countries. And your international country expansion story is unbelievable. And you were, you were. You were in the middle of that battle. I mean, you were, in the middle, you were in the heat of all of that, part of all of that, part of all the growth. So the two of you had some very serious things to discuss. I'm sure you had what appeared at times insurmountable challenges. I mean, didn't, there were times when you guys wondered where your next money was going to come from or how you were going to survive the next week as you were building what today is the global enterprise, mm -hmm. but you were, you were there for that whole entrepreneurial buildup of that. So, you know, and being a, a founder of a company myself and going through the challenges, you know, mm -hmm. you go through your good seasons and your challenging seasons. You went through those challenging seasons and once a week you showed up with the founder and played a little chess with him. And I think it's important for our listeners to, to understand that, that, you, that the two of you figured out how to lighten the load by just enjoying life while the challenges were there. You have to. Sense? I mean, you have to. I mean, uh, you know, I can shift because when you enjoy a, a little craziness, I mean, early on in my travels, I would intentionally schedule a half day to a full day if I was going someplace other than LA, which I did a lot of, I used to turn around and tell people, if I spent more than four nights in one place, I could almost call that a change of address. <laughs> and that included being at home. And I'm pretty blessed. My wife uh, accepted the Mrs. Mom or Mrs. Dad, I guess you could say, title for the better part of 15 years. And, and, and you know, one of our children very well, and all three of our children have grown up and become good at what they do professionally. But a second thing that enters into the picture is, is, is another pillar except responsibility. I always, I always feel that when you're in a leadership role, the thing you have to be able to recognize is that no matter how much you turn things over to other people, ultimately it's your responsibility. If they're not doing it right, maybe that, that's something you need to look in the mirror. Am I giving them the right direction? And you pr try to correct the course. And sometimes if the course isn't being corrected, you have to take other measures. But, but the buck I always felt between Ivan and I, because he gave me that opportunity, I had to expect that re accept that responsibility because Ivan would really be looking at even the greater picture. How are we going to get the funds we need to put into technology? How are we going to get the funds we need to put into advancing our franchising operations and yet once you know he would think about that my role was to make sure we put it all in place and we were very fortunate and we put a lot in place over uh, over a, a period of time 
So accepting responsibility is automatic, but the same thing holds true shifting over to why is it a pillar of strength? You're not just expensive accepting responsibility in your professional environment. How about your personal life? How about, how about your spiritual life? How, how about uh, your, the political life you might or might not? We all are so impacted by so many outside influences that like one of my favorite ones right now on accepting people for who they are. We can't change people, but if we can ex take on and accept who they are, sure makes life a lot easier. Boy, and so it sure you does. that responsibility. It, it uh, sure does. Yeah, I'll I, tell you, you know, I, I see that. I, I look over these pillars, and one of the ones that really pops out for me is what you just talked about, taking responsibility. I think it's one of the biggest needs in our society today is to teach people this concept, to take full responsibility of your life, the good things and the bad. Uh, you know, and part of that is not taking yourself too seriously. Look, we're all humans. We all yep. make mistakes. We all do get some things good and we do some things not so good. And we're all that way. And, and, and if, if we, and isn't it interesting if you notice someone with a negative attitude, let's talk about that just for a second. Somebody with a negative attitude, all of our listeners, just think about, somebody in your life that has a negative attitude and I'm going to tell you 100 and correct me if you think I'm wrong. And I want you to talk about this. Somebody with a negative attitude, 100% of the time, that same person is pointing the finger at somebody else, blaming somebody else, thinking the problems are because of somebody else that's causing trouble for them. 100% of the time, I've, I've yet to meet someone with a negative attitude that takes personal responsibility. Am I wrong in that? Is that too bold uh, a statement? You're, no, it's not. I, I, I attended a, 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 one of these um, high-energy, um, impact, three-day workshops a number of years ago. And I walked away from that workshop because... I've always, you know, that old saying, um, um, knowing constant in life is change, but you expect that change from somebody else, like right. you just said, pointing the finger. Right. Well, at that particular seminar, uh, there was uh, a lot of flip chart uh, work going on. And on one of the flip charts, it said, for things to change, first I must change. And I, I came home with that. I... Uh, I, I actually took that sheet of paper, brought it back to my office in LA, put it there, uh, put it in front of my personal life, recognizing if, if whether it's the marriage or whether it's my children or whether it's my professional endeavors, maybe there were little things that I had to tweak in myself if I was going to help impact the world. And I think when I look at it that way, it's the, to change the way the world is operating right now in a confrontational manner. It's, it's getting the masses to come together and taking that negative person and say, I understand where you're coming from. But instead of being critical of them, say, how can, how can we work together? It's not how can I help you? Because anything I say, you, they're not going to receive it in a proper manner. But if I say, how can we do this together? What one little thing, what one little reminder, how can, and that's all part of accepting responsibility, um, is, the, is the spirit that comes into place of, of, of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not recognition, but um, accountability. So you're going to help that other person be just as accountable because you are. And what I, what I try to do now, even in this period of my life, is I ask people like Cody Bateman, hold me accountable. Hold me accountable. You know, what, what can I do so that we can make this movement more impactful? And just, I mean, if the positivity movement's the globe, all we want to do is car carve out our little slice. And maybe that's going to help generate abundance or... Uh, create a further avenue for somebody else to keep that movement going forward. Because n negativity 
started at the dawn of mankind when Eve told Adam to eat that apple. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was the beginning. I mean, right there, yeah. you can, you can go clear back to then. So there's been, um, tens of thousands of years pass. Yeah. So we're not going to change it overnight, but if we can do stuff like what we're doing right here and just talk about it a little bit and install little thoughts, you know, I, I always think, uh, one of those pillars is um, always think remarkable. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, that pillar came really came from. Uh, have you ever heard of the sales trainer Tom Hopkins? Of course. Okay, Tom Hopkins used to do a presentation, and the presentation included asking this question: "Cody, how are you? Good. And the standard, uh, good, fine, <laughs> all right, okay, or, or or you might even say you give give the thumbs up gesture, whatever that might be." But at the same time, something may be going on in your life where that might not really, you're just being polite. Right. So Hopkins used to say, well, I started adopting the word unbelievable. And, and uh, I had a, a, a B&I colleague of mine, always I'd say, Bill, how are you? And he'd say, unbelievable. And I'd go, after about three or four months, I'd go, Bill, what is this unbelievable stuff you're throwing at me? He told me the Hopkins story. Well, if that led me to start using the word remarkable with people. Because if I tell you I'm remarkable, I'm telling you the, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. What you just don't know is what side of remarkable I might be on at that moment. You know, it's interesting. I, um, I've, I've coined a phrase many years ago, and I talk about it in the seminars, uh, that says that the story in your mind becomes the story of your life. So whatever mm -hmm. you're thinking in your mind becomes the story of your life. So take that back to your pillar. Always think remarkable. So, so you know, if, if you have these phrases of thinking remarkable, that's a story in your mind mm -hmm. is, is, you know, think remarkable. I'm, I'm doing remarkable today. You know, I'm doing exceptional today. You know, key words that that's the story that you place here. And if, if you keep saying those things pretty soon, you become remarkable. <laughs> story you know, of your mind becomes the story of your life. Habit. Yeah. And it so, yeah, no question. It, and again, becomes a habit. You know, in fact, uh, I learned a long time ago, I, I, I always thought it was comical, not comical. It was uh, kind of sad in a way that when you ask somebody how they're feeling and you know, they're not feeling well, it's like, let's say, you know, someone close to you got sick mm -hmm. you say to them, Hey, well, how you feel, how you feeling today? How you feeling today? And what do people typically say if they're, if they're sick, Hey, Norm, how you feeling today? And if you're sick, typically what people say back is, Oh man, I feel like crap. I feel terrible. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so again, that's a story in your mind. So a lot of people stay sick longer than they need to stay sick because they're saying to themselves they're sick. So several years ago, I kind of started, I, I put this to a test. I put it to a test where when, when I started, like if I was catching a bug or getting a cold or flu, whatever, people would say, Hey, so are you doing better? How you feeling, Cody? I started saying things like, well, I'm getting better by the second. I wasn't lying. I wasn't lying. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't saying I feel great when I didn't. Cause I was still sick, but I would say I'd get better by the second, get better by the second. And I got to tell you, and that, that may seem like a very, like a, like a trivial thing, like not a big deal, but I got to tell you that it was a huge shift for me in my life. When I started talking that way, literally Norm, in the last 15 years, I, I don't remember, I don't get sick. I don't get sick anymore. Like <laughs> knock on wood, I guess. I mean, you yeah. always go through whatever, Yeah, but don't you think that has something to do with just my language? Uh, absolutely. It's, it's one of those habits you form. It's, it's, um, I, 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 I had, are you familiar with pink eye? Yeah. I'd never had it in my life. About eight or nine days ago, I got it. Oh, no. And I go, what is this? And so I went and got some medication, antibiotics. And I st so the next day, my wife said, well, how do you feel today? And I said, well, on a scale of 10, today I'm a 7.4. <laughs> so she said, the next day, how are you feeling? I says, I'm now at eight. That's great. And I got, you know what? And, and I, I never think of perfect being perfect because I always think there's room for improvement. So, the, you know, I got it up to a 9.9 .9 and 
that's where it's going to stay only because I always think that there's a way you can improve on what you're doing. So I'm going to ask you, you know, there's, um, you got these pillars of strength for, yep. for positive attitude. We've, we've talked about uh, many of them, solid, solid pillars. I mean, just incredible stuff. I want to talk about activities for a second. What kind of activities uh, have you done that, to keep you in the positive mode? I'm going to share with you one of mine. Okay. My saving grace, people ask me all the time how I've been able to accomplish what I have. My saving grace in my life was, has always been, ever since I was a kid, was a love for reading. Mm-hmm. And I attribute, uh, I attribute any success I've ever had in my life to reading positive books. I mean, I, I am a reader, man. I read. And uh, so that's an activity. To me, if I was to, to attribute one activity to any success I've had, that would probably be at the top of the list is all, I'm always reading. What are some activities that you have done or you think are important for people to do? Well, uh, since childhood, I, I share a mutual activity in terms of reading. But simultaneously, I've always been involved in sports in some way. And I always felt that uh, stimulation of the body is going to be stimulation of the mind. And so I, I've tried to, to maintain a, a fitness regimen. You know, I'm no star athlete. I, I didn't, nobody was going to offer me a scholarship to play ball someplace. But I've always been involved in sports and, and an appreciation for that. Uh, I've always been involved in, uh, for, for a long, long time, because I got pretty good at stuff and whether it's communication or whatever, uh, helping people and, and, and mentoring has, has been a regiment that uh, it, it's come natural. I didn't realize I was a mentor or a coach or something until people started saying I was, but I always did it. Right. <clears throat> you know, I wanted, I wanted things to be better for people. So what's your favorite sport? Oh gosh. Um, my favorite sport as a spectator is the traditional football, baseball, basketball kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I still love to try to get out on the golf course and watch it conquer me. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and I always go, you know what? If I have two or three shot, good shots in a round, it brings me back. Um, and because and, it's a game you can play till you're, you're old, old, old. And, and one of my, my favorite golfer of all time was was uh, Arnold Palmer. I think he revolutionized golf and got it to where it is today. Um, But reading is, so when I look at those things, it's like right now, my favorite activity around sports is going to see my two eight and 10 year old grandsons Mm -hmm. play little league baseball. Oh, that's great. I mean, my wife and I must've went to a hundred games last season (laughs) and, uh, and we'll do it again this coming year. Because they're all, all local that we get to go see. And what's fun about that is you get to watch these kids mature yeah. and develop. Now, you yeah. don't want to ignore the other grandchildren. So you find, so right now, one of my favorite activities are, are my grandchildren. Uh, but yeah. but I, I'd, say, I, I'd say, I'm not going to say I'm a great uh, uh, papa is my nickname. I, what I'm going to say, I'm really good because I'm the kind of grandpa that, Give me two or three hours and it's time to give them to grandma or give them back to their parents <laughs> because, <laughs> because it wore me out. And, you know, I can't keep pace with them. So, but you adopt certain things that you like to do. I mean, uh, I, always improving. I mean, if you're always on the cusp uh, and one of my favorite, it's, a, it's a, one of our code of ethics, or not code of ethics, core values in BNI. It used to be um, education and, um, God, education and responsibility maybe, but now we call it lifelong learning. Yeah. Because I know people like you, Cody, are involved in that. You never quit learning. You never quit exploring. And if you can help others do the same thing, so let me, I, I want to touch on something real quick because you, you've brought up some incredible things today. Uh, great reminders for us as positive thinkers, things that we should be involved with and should be doing. I want to speak, you know, there's people listening in on this who are new to the positivity movement. They're mm-hmm. new to personal development, if you will. Uh, they live in a world of negativity. And so a lot of this stuff is new to them. In fact, 
there's even listeners that they're not new to this, that they've been uh, students of personal development for a long time, but there, there are times in people's lives when they hear this stuff and I've gone through it and you've probably gone through it. There are times in your life when you hear all this positivity stuff, you just ain't in the mood for it. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, yeah, here you go again telling me if I do this and this, everything's going to work out. Well, dang it, it didn't work out. You know, I'm having a bad day. I'm having a bad week. I'm having a bad month. This has been a terrible year. I mean, I'm just so, you know, and, and you know, there's, there's listeners right now that are, they, they want to believe all this stuff, but they might be going through that season where things aren't working for them and they're trying to be positive and they're trying to do that. And here they're being told again to do these positive things and it'll work out for you. What do you say to those people? Sometimes we isolate ourselves. And just because people like Cody Bateman and Norm Dominguez will attempt to come across as eternally positive, we've had our moments. We've had our moments. I I, I mean, uh, but I I don't feel like uh, probably the most difficult moment I've ever had in my, two of them, I'll give you Cody is in 1991, I made some bad business decisions. And I had to do something that at that time, it was an evil word in my mind, but I had to file bankruptcy to protect the roof on my home for my family. At that time, it wasn't a positive thing, but it accomplished the mission that we were able to keep our home. And then the second thing that happened, it was in 2004, it was a health issue. I had a stroke. And, and, and it was totally out of the blue. I mean, I was a picture of health. Nobody would have ever thought Norm Dominguez, at, at that time who weighed very little, was, was going to have a stroke. And, and I had it by myself in my office in L.A. with nobody there. Wow. And, and it took me two years to get over that, wow. thinking, God, I can't go to sleep at night. But, but so if you're the person that says, I've had a bad year, or I've had a, I've had a bad week, or I've had a bad month, whatever the case might be, keep in mind, you're not by yourself. Don't isolate yourself. That's great advice. It really is. And I think it's so important that people hear that kind of thing. Norm, I wish we had all day, brother. I mean, I think we could go on. I think we're just kind of getting warmed up right now. We, we, we might on be. all day about things. I'd love to have you come back on the show, at, at, you know, a little bit down the road. We'll talk a little bit more about the uh, progress that you've made with the positive right. global movement and those kinds of things. So, again, get the book, The Magic of Positivity by Norm Dominguez. You can get that on uh, Amazon. Uh, great short read. It's the, this is the kind of book you want to read over and over again because it's simple and it's got great little uh, concepts in there for you to to live your life by. In closing, Norm, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Okay. Um, I always like to do this in kind of a fun little way. There's three questions I want to close with. Uh, the first one is, what is your favorite book and why? Oh, gosh. Well, my favorite book of all time is the Bible. Excellent. Because there's so much there, and, and it has been so uh, interpreted by so many parties. And, and it, but if it's got meaning, it's what you want, want to look into it. Uh, in recent history, my favorite book is uh, Good to Great by yeah. Jim Collins. Yeah, excellent. And, and because I think you can look at what he wrote, and if you're open-minded enough, you can take the principles from Good to Great and you can apply them to life. So, uh, you know, so they can be more than just business principles. Absolutely. So, uh, good to great and in the Bible. Good stuff. Okay. There's, there's many others, but. Uh, oh, yeah. Those, it, this, those, that's a hard question. Yeah. When I'm asked uh, this question. Hey, I got, I got a, a bunch of library of, of yeah, yeah, exactly. Sitting here on my desk. So, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, you know, today, I knew I was going to ask you that question. Today, I was looking through my library at my home. I've got a, my favorite room in my home is my library. I was just browsing the shelves today and I, man, it's crazy when you browse the shelves because a lot of those books have been on there for years and you kind of mm-hmm. forgot about them, but two books and I pulled them off the shelf and put them, I just stacked them on my desk because I'm going to reread them. 
the first book that I pulled off of the shelf was Power Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Bill. Now, I've read that book several times, but it's probably been 10 years or so since I've read that book. And that's certainly one of my all-time favorites. So I pulled it off the deal. The other one was Psycho-Cybernetics. I don't know if you ever heard of Psycho-Cybernetics. Yeah. And and I read that when I was in high school. (laughs) And in fact, that was one of the first books that really got me thinking on the psychological and personal development levels. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've been in love with it ever since. So I pulled Psycho-Cybernetics off and sat it on the deal. I'm going to reread those books because I just remember what a positive influence those were. Okay. Second question. What does human connection mean to you? Oh, by, you know, we, we, we've both been so engulfed in whether it's BNI, the referral basis of our organization or the relationship basis uh, that you've given to um, send out cards. And, And it's, it's, I can't have a day go by when I don't try to make a call into somebody just to say hello. Just to, how you doing? I don't, we don't need to. I remember I had a call with somebody a couple of days ago. The first hour and 10 minutes was just catching up. Yeah. And then we maybe spent 10 minutes on business. Yeah. And, and so I, I, a human connection is, as again, is a habit forming thing. If, if you can help somebody, but we've, seen so many people in our careers, both personal and professional. And, and the easiest one I can relate is I have two brothers, both younger, but we're only four years apart in age. One lives in, both live in Colorado. And if we only talk two or three times a year, it's like it was yesterday. Wow. And the bond that we have as brothers. So, Great. so to me, it's that ability and it's got to be ongoing. And some people might call it more BS than anything else, but there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Power of human yeah. connection. It's, yep. it's incredible. You you've uh, have three, de- three or four decades of helping people create human connection uh, in your life. And what a great contribution you've been. Final question is if you could be remembered for one thing, what is it? Oh gosh. Um, passion for helping people. Well, you certainly are being remembered for that, my friend. You, uh, it's just, it's fun. It's been such a delight to get to know you, to become a good friend with, uh, of yours and to learn from you. You certainly are one of my mentors, uh, really appreciate everything that you're doing. Uh, I want to be, Hey, listen, if, if Norm's involved, I want to be involved. You're, you're fun to be with. You're, you're just a great example to me and really appreciate you very much. So there you have it, my friends. That's Norm Dominguez. He is currently the co-founder of the Posi Global Organization. His book, The Magic of Positivity, you want to get yourself a copy of that. A guy that's been there and done that over three decades of activity in helping people to be successful in business and in their personal life. So Norm, thanks again. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Thank you for this opportunity. And and happy holidays to everybody that... uh, Uh, might listen in and and enjoy a little bit of this positivity world. Excellent. Well, there you have it, my friends. Take care and uh, tune in for another version of the Relationship Marketing Podcast. Take care, everybody. We'll see you now. If you enjoyed this episode of Relationship Marketing with Cody B, be sure to subscribe to the show. Leave a review so that together we can get this message out to the world.